Amen. Well, if you take your Bibles and go with me to the book of Galatians chapter 6, and uh, I tell you what, this is the largest auditorium I've preached in in a while, so uh, bear with me. I'm a little nervous, and uh, after the food, that coffee cake kind of did me in, so um, somebody gave me a word of testimony about that before the service, and uh, and I took some of that, and that was that was great. And uh, I was going to open it up. I was I was teasing somebody before the service. I said I'll open it up for testimony time, and I, then I'll probably run out of time. I won't have to preach. But uh, you guys already did the testimony a while ago about the uh, hand sanitizer and the toilet paper, so I think we're good to go. And uh, but uh, we're we're glad to be here. And uh, last time we were here, um, it was you guys were in the hotel room and uh, in the conference room there. And so we saw the pictures online. We saw the before and after of this place, and really, you were praying about this place, I guess, when we, when you were, we were here, here last time anyways, and uh, just exciting to see what the Lord is doing here and, uh, and how he's blessed, and, and it's just a beautiful auditorium, and you, you've been given some uh, talented, God, God-given talent around here, and we're, we're thankful for how the Lord is building his church here uh, in Virginia, and uh, thankful for uh, brother, brother Steve and his family and, and all those that that have uh, prayed for us and, and have supported and I'm so thankful for your support and and uh, it goes a long ways and we really appreciate that and um, if, if you've got your Bibles I, I guess I already told you Galatians chapter 6 uh, this afternoon and I, I, I will I, and my wife knows that most of the time this is uh, just a, a preacher's lie but uh, I will try to keep this kind of short and uh, um, 45 minutes is short to me I had a couple of um, uh, different messages I was praying about, and uh, and uh, you know I guess I could try to conglomerate them both together, but I'm not going to try to do that. I'm going to try to preach one message from one text, and uh, it kind of covers the whole cha- whole book of Galatians. But we're not going to be here that long. So Galatians chapter six uh, this afternoon, and we'll begin reading in verse eleven of Galatians chapter six. Uh, Galatians six eleven. The Bible says, "Ye see how large a letter I've written unto you." With mine own hand, as many as desire to make a fair show in the flesh, they constrain you to be circumcised, only uh, lest they should suffer persecution for the uh, cross of Christ. For neither they themselves who are circumcised keep the law, but desire to have you circumcised, that they may glory in your flesh. But God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. Uh, For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. And as many as walk according to this rule, peace be on them, and mercy upon the Israel of God. From henceforth let no man trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. Uh, Brethren, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you this afternoon for what our eyes have already seen, our ears have heard this morning, Lord. We thank you for a, a church in this county, in this place, at this uh, specific time in, uh, in history, Lord, that uh, you've raised up, Lord, to be a, a beacon of light in this community. And not only that, but across uh, our country and across the world already. Lord, I thank you for a, a church plant, Lord, with a, a pioneering spirit that has, uh, you've been given the, uh, the heart and the burden to reach the world with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we thank you for uh, Lord, you saved me. We thank you for uh, uh, each one that has been saved and is a witness of these things that we've talked about all day long. And I pray today that you would help us to be changed by your word. And Lord, as uh, it's already been said so many 
times, but Lord, we can't do anything on our own, Lord. It's by, not by might nor by power, but by your spirit. And Lord, I pray today that you would just uh, help us to uh, hear from you, Lord, that you would speak to us, that we would tune everything out and that we would hear you speak to us uh, vividly and clearly uh, so that we can not just hear it, but do something about it. And I pray uh, that you would bless the remainder of our time together. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, notice back in verse 14 as uh, our text verse, and we'll be flipping all through the chapter a little bit this afternoon, but the Bible says again, but God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. And, uh, you know, I, I, when Brother Underwood was preaching, he was talking about insecurities. And, I, man, I was saying amen loud and clear back there because I, I know how it is. And uh, Rachel, uh, she dreads after the message because uh, I'm waiting. I'm not saying anything. I'm waiting for her to give me some great compliment. But I don't want her to lie to me. But if she tells me the truth and, uh, and, and it's not the, the right thing to say, then I don't like that either. And so, uh, um, you know, but I was thinking it, it, sometimes you struggle about what to preach and Especially you go, go to a place you really only got one shot and try to give, give everything you got and you just can't do that. And uh, I know it's after lunch and if you want to take a nap, there looks like three or four of you already sleeping. Uh, it's all right. But uh, uh, I understand that. And I, after about 20, 25 minutes, folks kind of tune, tune out anyways. But uh, I'll tell you, uh, you know, wrestling with the mission emphasis day and I was thinking, well, I got to preach on souls. I've got to preach, and, and really, I, I, was, I, was, I wanted to preach on the soul winner's crown. The, I was, he was talking about rewards in heaven, and one of those crowns that we could uh, uh, attain, not, not, by our, uh, not for salvation, but as a reward for the works that we do, is that crown of rejoicing. And man, I, I was thinking about that, and uh, thinking about what, what is the crown of rejoicing. It, it's, it's every single person in here that has been saved by the blood of Christ. It's every single one of us in here that's one day somebody told us. I don't know about you, but I, I'm thankful that I was uh, born into a Christian family. I didn't make me a Christian, but I was born into a Christian family. And the reason why I'm thankful for that is because my mom and dad took me to church. And at an early age, I, I understood the gospel and asked questions, and I got saved at the age of four. But I was thinking about so many in this area and in our neck of the woods and, and all across the world that... Uh, and thinking about my own life. And to be honest with you, if I hadn't grown up in a Christian family, I don't know that I'd be saved today because, to be honest with you, you know, I, I, I look probably like what an American Christian is supposed to look like today on a Sunday. But the truth of the matter is, I don't know that anybody has ever come to me directly, one-on-one, -on -one, and said, do you know for sure that if you were to die today, you'd go to heaven? I, I do, I know that for sure because my name's written down in glory because my sins are forgiven because I asked the Lord Jesus to come into my heart and save me. I'm glad of that. But that was on the influence of, of my mom and dad and my church. And, um, but how about those that weren't born into a Christian family? How about all those that, that maybe you could raise your hand and say, I, I, I needed somebody else outside of my family and, and to give me the gospel message. At, and uh, that's why I am here here today because somebody told me and I was thinking about that on the way here is that none of us got to where we are right now on our own That's right. each one of us are here no doubt because of the Lord and, and we're gonna, that's going to be the bulk of our message just want to just, uh, just glory in the cross 
this, this afternoon. But, but we got here also because somebody was uh, loving and kind enough to tell us what they'd been given. And I'm so thankful for that. But I, I was thinking about that, and, I, and it was so much to say. But the truth is, what is ministry? What is ministry? I, I like the way Warren Wiersbe describes it. He says, ministry takes place when divine resources meet human needs through loving channels to the glory of God. I, I love that because I get to be a part of what God's going to do. do. Really, all we are is just conduits of love so that God can flow through us to meet the human needs all around us. And man, I tell you, I, I was, we were singing that song, Each One Reach One, and uh, and I was thinking about, uh, I, I, I can't remember if this is the same song or not, but um, every day they pass us by. Yeah, I can see that in their eye. I can't remember what the name of that song is, but people need the Lord. That's what it is. And, and I was thinking about that, and I wonder how many folks I've passed by on the highway today, and I, I can't roll my window down at 70 miles an hour and give them the gospel track, but, uh, but I wonder how many people I've passed by this week, uh, maybe, uh, just a little bit, germ there's a whole lot of germophobic people out there right now, but I wonder how many folks we passed by this week that we had an opportunity to give the gospel to, and maybe we failed to do that. And I don't know about you, but uh, there's something that motivates me uh, to give the gospel. The truth is, I don't want to see anybody go to hell, not my worst enemy on this earth to go to hell, but there's something that motivates me even more to give the gospel message on a day-by-day day and a week-by-week week and a, a yearly basis. And it is the fact that I want to give glory to God. Now, the Bible says when Jesus came to this earth, he, uh, he was in human flesh. And we know that Jesus was never, uh, he was, he was never created. He's always been and always will be. But when he came to this earth in human flesh as a baby, the Bible says it this way. Uh, the, the angel said, glory uh, to God and on peace uh, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. And, and why did Jesus come? Uh, to bring glory to God. And the truth is this morning is that our motivation for doing the things that we do, and we look at each one of us and you say, well, next week the missionaries will be gone. And the truth is, no, no, you won't. Each one that's sitting in a, uh, a blue seat this, this afternoon and one that's sitting in the sound booth and one standing up back there, we're all missionaries. And we are to reach our Jerusalem, our Judea, our Samaria, and the uttermost part of the earth, all simultaneous. And I, I'm glad for folks with a pioneering spirit like Brother, Brother Boots here that understands that. And, and I'm thankful for missionaries that, that are willing to go anywhere and do anything uh, because they want to bring glory to the one that saved them. And this, this evening, I just want to preach on that thought, I will glory in the cross. And you think about that word glory for just a moment. And what, is, what, what does glory mean? Uh, maybe you've heard uh, folks talk about the glory days. And maybe that is, uh, maybe, maybe uh, somebody you knew that, that went through the Great Depression, and we could, we could call that really, I could still view that generation as the greatest generation that ever lived in, in America uh, that I knew personally. My grandpa was one of them. That might have been the glory days for them. It may have been uh, maybe for your basketball team that's not playing anytime soon. And uh, maybe, it, maybe it, there was some glory days back when a certain coach was, a, was the coach and they were winning games and winning championships. But that word glory, it literally means to, to boast, to rejoice, or to, to vaunt, or to excessively praise. And and, you know, the Bible speaks about some things we ought not to glory in, to boast in, to, to excessively praise to, or to rejoice in. And the God forbids things 
these things to be the object of our glory. The first thing is God forbids that we glory in our false gods. The Bible says this in Jeremiah 2.11. He says, Hath a nation changed their gods, which are, not, which are yet no gods? But my people have changed their glory for that which doth not profit. Think about that today. God forbid that we glory in our false gods. And God forbid that we glory in our wisdom or, or in our might or, or in our riches. The Bible says in Jeremiah 9.23, Thus saith the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches. And uh, we ought not glory in some things. Uh, the Bible says that, uh, that we should not glory in, in our flesh. Uh, I, I can tell you that I, I'm not an old man, but I'm not what I used to be. I, uh, things like the coffee cake have really gotten to me. And uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 1.29 says that no flesh should glory in his presence. God chooses not to use those who bring glory to themselves. And God forbid also that we glory in our good works. So the Bible says we quote it, sometimes we quote it wrong. We hear it quoted wrong when the Bible says that all our righteousness says are as filthy rags. In other words, we don't have any righteousness in and of ourselves. We have these things called righteousness says or our acts of righteousness or our good works that we consider to be good because sometimes we just like to compare ourselves with other folks. And when we see another that maybe not be doing quite as good as, as we're doing and because we're all in a different place in our, in our Christian life uh, maybe at one moment we're doing a little bit better than, than brother or sister so and so but the truth of the matter is our, all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags in the sight of God the Bible says in Romans 4 2 for if Abraham were justified by works he hath whereof to glory but not before God God forbid that we glory in our good works and then also, God forbid that we glory in men, in men, in, in, in even our heroes of the faith. God forbid that we would get so wrapped up and so uh, to the point where we excessively praise, where we excessively uh, are loyal to, or we're, we're, we boast and we pr uh, pride ourselves in the great men of the past, and, and not diminishing anything that anybody's ever done or those that are here with us today that have done some great things for God. But God forbid that we glory in men. The Bible says it this way, just plain and simple, therefore let no man glory in men. Uh, what should we glory in? We didn't come just to hear about what we shouldn't do. And my dad told me so many times that uh, growing up that if, if you take care of the things that you ought to do, then the things you ought not to do will take care of themselves. And I believe that law of my heart. The, what should we glory in? The, the, first of all, I think we should glory in the Christ of the cross. Amen. The Christ of the cross. The Bible says, Jeremiah 9, 24, But let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me, that I am the Lord, which exercise loving kindness and judgment and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. 1 Corinthians 1.31 says that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Uh, 2 Corinthians 10.17, but he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. If there's anything to praise, if there's anything to excessively boast about or, 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 or get excited about, it is the Lord. It is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the one that one day we're going to cast those crowns of rejoicing at his feet. And praise Him for all of eternity. And we ought to glory in the Christ of the cross. But secondly, we ought to glory, as the Bible says here, in the cross of Christ. In the cross of Christ. And the cross of Christ has no meaning without the Christ of the cross. 
The truth is, is that there's been a lot of folks that have died on a cross. There's been, even some of the disciples, it's been said through tradition that the Apostle Peter was crucified upside down because he didn't want to be, uh, he, he didn't want to die in the same exact way that his Lord was died. He, he, he respected him, he loved him too much to die in that way. I don't know if, if that's what tradition tells us, but what separates all the others from this man we call not just Christ, but the Lord Jesus Christ. What separates him from the rest is that he, he, he is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. He is not just, uh, not just the Son of God, but He is God the Son. And, and the truth is, is that He, as we sing around Christmas time, He was born to die for you and for me. And, but God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. And, you know, when we think about missions today, we, we, we say that word mission so often, and, and I say it a lot too, and the truth is, is that, you know, each person will be going to a different field. And we got a brother here that's been to South Africa, and he'll be, he'll be going to Argentina. And what will be different, really, the core of what will be different between the countries? They'll speak another language. He'll be preaching uh, to different people that he's never met before. Uh, but the truth of the matter is, is that he only has one mission. Amen. He may have another mission field, but he's really only got one mission. When we're in North Carolina, we only have one mission. Here in Virginia, there's only one mission, and that is the, the mission of missions is all wrapped up in the gospel message. And what is the gospel? It is the death. It's the burial. It's the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. You say, uh, how can I glory in something. Well, I tell you what to glory in. First of all, I think we ought to glory in the cross of Christ or in the, the death which represents the, the cross of, of the Lord Jesus Christ. The cross represents all the sufferings and the death of Jesus Christ. Not just for all of us, but for each of us. Think about that this morning, this afternoon. Think about the fact that, you know, some people would say that God is not all about numbers. If you're in a, a smaller church, maybe they, people say, well, I like a small church because God is not interested in numbers that much. Well, and then if you're in a larger church, it's all about numbers. Where, what is the truth of the matter? The truth is, is that God cares for all of us and He cares for each of us individually. I'm glad that when I could not come to where He was, He came to me. And I, I'm glad this, this, this afternoon that there's some reasons to glory in the cross of Christ. And the first one's found in Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3, back in our text, and going back and looking at verse 6. And I won't read the whole, whole uh, piece here, but the Bible says, even as Abraham, in verse 6 of chapter 3, even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Uh, know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all the nations be blessed. And look at uh, chapter 4 and verse 7. Where, let's see, chapter 4, let's, let's look at verse 1 of chapter 4. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differeth nothing from a servant, though he be lord of all, but is under the tutors and governors until the time appointed of the father. Even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because ye are sons, God hath set 
forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore, thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. I think the first reason we ought to glory in the cross is that the cross of Christ brings promise. It brings promise. And, and you know, a promise, first of all, to those who believe by faith. By faith. How, how is it that people in the Old Testament got saved? You know, it wasn't by the law. It wasn't by works of righteousness, which we've done, but it's according to His mercy that He saved us. And the people in the Old Testament, as of Abraham and, and Isaac and Jacob and all those that were born again, children of God in the Old Testament, were saved just the same way that you and I are saved today, by the cross of Christ, by placing their faith. It's uh, by grace through faith, plus nothing, minus nothing. And, and there is a promise to those who believe by faith that the law brought a curse, uh, but the cross brought a blessing. And the truth is, is that there is a promise to those that believe by faith. In Galatians 3 and verse 13, the Bible says, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. The cross of Christ brings promise. Uh, secondly, it brings promise not just because we believe by faith, but it brings the promise of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says in verse 14 of chapter 3, it says uh, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Aren't you glad that everywhere we go, every place that we go, we, the Holy Spirit, as, as the child of God, the Holy Spirit goes with us. At the very moment that we receive Christ as our Savior, the Holy Spirit began to indwell within us. And not all the time are we filled with the Spirit like we ought to be. But the Holy Spirit lives within us, and I'm thankful for that. Promise of the Spirit. When we received Christ, we got the Holy Spirit. And we have a promise of the Holy Spirit. But thirdly, there's a promise of sonship. And we read a couple of them, but I'll read verse 7 of chapter 4 one more time. For wherefore that thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, there, uh, then an heir of God through Christ. And the truth is, is that we talk about adoption. And yes, we were adopted into Christ's family, but there, I think we were even more than that. Uh, see, the, pro the problem with adoption is that when you adopt a little baby, I think that's a, a great thing when you adopt a little baby, there is no blood kinship with you and that baby. But the truth is, is that when we got born again, we were more than just adopted. We were born into the family of God. We are heirs with Christ. We, the Bible calls, says that we are the sons of God. What, what does it mean to be a, a son of God? And you could say, you're, if you're a, a lady this, this evening, you're a daughter of God. You are, you are uh, part of the family of God. And uh, we were laughing a while ago. Uh, and I didn't want to think anybody, we were laughing at anybody or anything, but uh, we've learned a lot of new songs today. And uh, we were trying to read the music and uh, read, the, uh, read the words at the same time. It didn't work out too good. And it was mostly Rachel messing up. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, I need to spend more time with Brother Byron Fox, I guess, and learn some of them songs. And, uh, uh, but the, that, that was good. But I was looking it over as we were singing one I wasn't familiar with, and I saw one right beside it. It was the family of God. Uh, and I'm glad that... I don't know. There's some of you in here that are related to each other. I'm not, I don't think that I'm related to any of you. But we're all in the same family according to the cross of Christ. Because of the cross of Christ, we are the sons of God. What does it mean to be a son? It means we're a family member. 
It means that we're a privileged child. You know, I, I'm not going to do for other people's kids what I do for my kids. Stephen just turned 10 years old, and I, you know, he's grown up too fast, and his, his grandparents in California sent him a $100 bill. And uh, I got excited about that because I was able to get him what we wanted to get him and act like we got it for him. And uh, here he is. He knows that we, we split it half and half and got him a 22 rifle for his birthday. And, uh, man, he's excited about that. And um, I'm not going to buy everybody's boy a 22 rifle, but I'll get Stephen Johnson a 22 rifle. That, that's what it means to be a privileged child. You, you get the benefits of being in the family of God. Secondly, we are the heirs of God, not just sons of God, but you talk about privilege. We are the heirs of God. This is the cross of Christ that brings promise to us. It brings the promise of sonship, a possessed inheritance is what we have. Uh, when the Bible, you go back to the, the book of uh, Joshua and when they were conquering the land of Canaan, uh, the, the Bible talks about possessing our possessions and possessing their possessions. They should, they should have already claimed what God had already given them. That, that was their land. They just had to go in and conquer it. And we have a possessed inheritance. Not only that, but we have a promised future. We've got a promised future. You know, I, I don't know what tomorrow holds. I really don't. I, I'm pretty sure what will be on my Facebook feed. Uh, but I don't know what, what tomorrow is going to hold as far as um, life or death. It's appointed a man wants to die. But after this, the judgment. But I, I'm glad for, for me and for all of you that have placed your faith in Christ. Because of the cross of Christ, we have a promised future. Not just heaven, but eternal life. Not just, not just the streets of gold, but the face of God Himself. And I'm glad for the cross of Christ that brings promise. But secondly, it brings protection. The cross of Christ brings promise, but it brings protection as well. And, and here I go. I was supposed to be a 20-minute message. And, and I, I should never... Rachel says I, I should never say it's going to be short. Uh, uh, anyways, I'm not going to say what I want to say, but uh, uh, it, it brings protection. Chapter 5 of Galatians chapter 1, the Bible says, stand, there, stand for fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Behold, I, Paul, say unto you that if ye be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. For I testify again to every man that is circumcised that he is a debtor to do the whole law. Christ has become of none effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, you are fallen from grace. For we through the Spirit wait for the hope of the righteous of righteousness by faith. For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncir uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. And here it is in verse 7. Ye did run well. Who did hinder you that you should obey the truth? This persuasion cometh not of him that calleth you. And the truth of the matter is, is that what does the cross of Christ bring to us? What is the, the reason why we should glory in the cross of Christ? Well, another good reason to glory in, in the cross of Christ is that it brings protection to us. All those that have placed their faith in Christ, it, first of all, it brings protection against false teachers. Against false teachers. In verse 7 and 8, he said, Ye did run well. Who, did, who hindered ye that ye should obey the truth? Have you ever met anybody like that that maybe you were friends with back in the day and, and you, you, you came across and you ran into them years later and they had completely changed? But uh, as our brother said this morning, we ought to always be growing, but we ought not be moving closer to the world. We ought to be getting closer to Christ. 
And if, if you've met somebody that's changed, and, and maybe you've changed yourself, and, and you'd have to ask them the question, as Paul asked this church, he said, you are doing so good. Who is it? What did they say to you? How did you get to this point in your life? And it's the cross of Christ that brings protection against the false teachers. Where did the Galatians go wrong here? Well, first of all, they brought in false teachers and uh, well, there's no shortage of false teachers in our day today either. Uh, be careful what you listen to. Be careful who you listen to. Be, be careful every word that you, you, you listen to but, and, and line it up as the Bereans did with the Word of God to search the Scripture daily to see whether those things are true. Be careful who, who, um, who we allow to, uh, to, to, to preach to us. To, and I'm glad for a Bible-believing, solid Bible-believing church here. And, and, uh, but, you know, men are men. And we all make mistakes. We all say things that are wrong. Don't believe me. Don't take my word for it. Search the Scriptures. And they were free. The Galatians were free. But what, what they were doing was they kept going back to a life of slavery. You know, I've never spent any time in, in jail. I don't want to. I've never spent any time in prison other than, other than juvenile ministry. And, and I appreciate that ministry. But I know in about an hour or so, I'm getting out of there. And, uh, and the truth is, is it's, like, it's like being released from prison and going back for the meals every once in a while. I, I, I didn't, I, I'm sure that nobody likes prison food that much. And, and the truth is, is that we'll never be worthy enough to, to make it ourselves. And so why keep going back and trying to work your way to heaven? Why keep going back after salvation? And you maybe have been saved by grace through faith, but you keep trying to still be entangled in, in the yoke of bondage. The Bible says that... Uh, come to me all ye that labor and are heavy laden for I will give you rest for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The people talk about being burnt out for Christ and man I've just, I got to take a, a, a break from the Great Commission for a little while. And I say to that, you know, the truth of the matter is is that the, 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 the labor that we labor in the Lord, it's, it's easy, it's, it's light because of the cross of Christ, because of all that Christ did for us. You think about what Jesus did for us. Think about all that he endured. You know, the truth, I, 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 there's not a man that's ever painted a picture that has portrayed who Jesus, what Jesus really looked like on the cross. But you could just imagine the, the Son of God, God the Son, hanging there all bloodied, all beaten, uh, there giving his life for you and for me hung naked on a cross in shame for you and for me. Uh, not one stitch of clothes on. The very one that created those that were beating Him, that were mocking Him, that were crucifying Him, that were, that were scourging Him and that platted a crown of thorns on His head. Think of what Christ endured for you and then glory in the cross of Christ. There's protection against false prophets and uh, you know, there's also protection against self-glory. When Brother Underwood preached this morning, he was talking about, I can't remember if it was Sunday school or, or what, lessons that he's learned. And, and I'm learning those same lessons is that don't believe all the hype about you. Don't believe all the hype about uh, what people have told you that, that's good about you. Uh, you know, I've gained some weight over the last couple of years. I don't even like 
passing by mirrors anymore and, uh, and look, at, look at those things and I try, it gets me depressed. But the truth is, is that uh, the cross of Christ will give us protection against glory in, in ourselves. If we'll keep our, if it, I know this is a cliche statement that we hear all the time that, that maybe sometimes I say it and don't really mean it, but we ought to keep our eyes on the Lord. Keep our eyes on Jesus. And Philippians 2, 3 says, Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Loving God always leads us to loving others. And love is the fulfillment of the law. The Bible says if, uh, if you fulfill the law, what, what does it take to fulfill the law? The Bible says fulfill, love God, love your neighbor. Love God, love your neighbor, and everything else will take care of itself. To be circumcised here in the Galatians here, they were uh, but not have a love for the brethren was pure hypocrisy. And saying, I have to do this, and this is what it takes, and you've got to do this if you want to be part of the body of Christ. Uh, you know, that, that's pure hypocrisy. And the truth is, is that they wanted here, and it kind of leads me to my third point, and the, the false teachers had a reason for preaching circumcision. And here that leads me to the third point, but the cross of Christ not only brings protection, but it brings persecution as well. Uh, chapter 5 and verse 11, the Bible says, And I, brethren, if I yet preach circumcision, why do I yet suffer persecution? Then is the offense of the cross ceased. Here in chapter 6 and verse 12, it says, As many as desire to make a fair show in the flesh, they constrain you to be circumcised, only lest they should suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. And see, we see here that the false teachers, the reason why they were coming in and, and, and preaching this gospel of circumcision, which wasn't a gospel at all. Ever had anybody come to your door and preach a gospel to you that there was no good news in it whatsoever? And here they were preaching this, this idea of circumcision. The whole idea behind it was the fear in their hearts. We, we've seen a lot of folks with some fear this week in the last couple of weeks, but the truth is, uh, these false teachers, they were, they were fearful of what the Jews might do to them if they clung only to the cross of Christ. So they wanted the Lord. They wanted what Christ did, but they also wanted to hang on to the law as well. They aimed to please the Jews. They aimed to please their own flesh. And sometimes the ones that promote religion may be the very enemies of it. The ones that Jesus... Uh, spoke to in a negative light so often weren't the publicans and sinners. It was the Pharisees. It was the religious crowd. It was the crowd that, that knew what to do but did it for the wrong reasons. And, and, and here, Paul wasn't ashamed of. He wasn't offended by or afraid of the cross of Christ. And here, he gloried in the cross. He gloried in persecution and trials because it identified him with the cross. And you think... You know, to me, this is almost next level Christianity to, to be able to glory in something so gruesome, so sh shameful as uh, the Lord Jesus dying on the cross. How can we glory in that? How can we glory in it? And, and one way that God builds Christian character is through persecution. The Bible says that, yea, all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. And I don't want to be all negative and, and uh, speak negatively today, but I'll tell you that uh, if you live godly in this world, you may get some ridicule. You, you, you may be persecuted, uh, not so much in America, 
per se, but there are those all around the world right now that are suffering for the cause of Christ. They're, they're, they're giving their life, maybe, for the cause of Christ today. And, and we ought to get to the point where Paul was. He said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God and salvation to the Jew first and also to the Greek. It, it, it does my heart good to, to see and look across the audience and, and a, a church. How, how long have you been here? Uh, three and a half years. And what the beautiful thing about a church plan is that there are multiple uh, ethnicities in this building already. I'm, I'm excited about that. And I, my, my wife, is she's got multiple ethnicities in her <laughs> herself, but she's Filipino and American Indian. And it does, it, it does my heart good to see those that, that are from different backgrounds and different countries. I spoke to a man that was from Ghana, uh, and I thought he said Garner, North Carolina, and I misunderstood his accent, but uh, he's from Ghana. And uh, it, was, it, was, it was exciting to see, uh, see different cultures coming together and, and, and serving the Lord in this one place to the Jew first and also to the Greek. It's for the Jew and the Gentile alike, and I'm thankful for that gospel of Christ that brings us all together. I want to leave you on a positive note, the, the last thing that the cross of Christ brings, and the reason why we should glory in the cross of Christ is simply this, it brings peace. It brings peace. In Galatians chapter 17, the Bible says, or chapter 6 and verse 17, from henceforth let no man trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus. Brethren, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. The cross of Christ brings promise. It, it brings protection against false prophets. It, it brings uh, persecution. It does, but it also brings peace. And how is it that a saved man can be on his dying bed and he can, he can be singing amazing grace, how sweet the sound. How is it that, uh, that, a, that, that a, a dear, sweet, uh, even child that's been born again that, that can, can, uh, can live with uh, the idea and the knowledge that they have cancer and that they, they may not have another week to live? It all goes back to the cross of Christ. There's something that God has given us through Christ Jesus that the world knows nothing about. And it's time that we, we get up and we share what God can only do for others. And it brings peace. The first thing it does is it brings peace in knowing the promises of God. Do you know what Christ has done for you? I can't even begin to, to talk about it. The truth is, when I got saved, I knew that Jesus had died on the cross, that he was buried and rose again the third day. But I didn't know everything that God did for me that day. And I think that we spend the rest of our lives learning to get to know who, who God is and what he really did for us today that we got saved. It brings the promises of God. But no, no matter if we forget or we never learned, the day you got saved, you got all the promises of God. It also is peace in knowing the protection of God. Do you have peace in your heart this afternoon, knowing that no matter what comes your way this week, that God is our refuge, he's our strength. He's a very present help in time of trouble. He brings peace in the midst of the storm. He was the one that was asleep on the boat in the middle of the night when the storms were raging and, and the closest folks to the Lord on earth were afraid. You think about that. And sometimes 
the great heroes of the faith and those, your, your pastor and, and, the, uh, and the, the men and women that, that read their Bibles and pray and, 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 and serve the Lord with, with their hands and their feet and, and serve Him in their minds and, and, and are faithful to God. Sometimes we're worried with fear, but it's the cross of Christ that brings protection and peace knowing the protection of God. And then thirdly, it, it even brings peace in the storms of life. In the storms of life. And the question is this morning in conclusion, as we close, are you, are you saved? First of all, are you saved? And I'm sure that m- many of you would be glad to give your testimony about how the Lord saved you. And do you have a personal testimony? By that I mean, do you, have a, do you know a time that, that, that you knelt down and you asked the Lord Jesus to save you and you know your sins are forgiven you know when you lay down your head at night tonight that if something were to happen you'd be in the presence of God for all of eternity that's important to know are you saved you'll never experience what the cross of Christ can personally do for you if you don't receive the gift of God the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord and then Christian this evening what do you glory in I'm ashamed to admit sometimes I glory in myself. Sometimes I glory in other men. Sometimes I glory in uh, the, maybe my own wisdom or riches or, or my strength. Or, uh, you know, and, but when we get our eyes off of us and others and on the Lord, we have nothing to glory in save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Christ the cross, the cross of Christ cross of Christ and may we get to the point in our Christian life that that everything pales in comparison to Christ and his finished work on the cross I love this song turn your eyes upon Jesus look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory amen amen we'll stand at our seats with the heads bowed and eyes closed but a tremendous reminder He didn't say anything that we don't already know, at least the majority of us. But it's a reminder sometimes that we forget what's the most important, and we start focusing on things that don't matter. We start focusing on things that are not as important as the cross of Christ, and we're glorying in the wrong things. You glory in the cross of Christ, you're going to be a witness for him. Glory in the cross of Christ, you're going to be holy. Glory in the cross for Christ, you're going to live for him. And uh, it's a great statement that he said, that his dad used to say, you worry, you focus on the things that you should do and the things that you shouldn't do are going to take care of themselves. Because if you focus on being holy, guess what? You're not going to do things that are displeasing to God. Focus on being a witness for Christ, you're not going to fall prey to the temptation to be too shy or whatever, you know? Good message. As the piano plays, we're going we're gonna to close in prayer and then as the piano plays, we will... Uh, the invitation will be open. Father, we love you. Again, we thank you for the, the, the messages that we've heard today, the reminder of who and what you want us to be as Christians. And God, I pray that you'd help us to be the witness that you want us to be. I pray that you'd help us to be the Christians that we should be and the representation of you that we should be, and that we could be used by you however you want to use us. I pray that our hearts would be open to however you want to speak to us, how you have spoken to us, and that we'd uh, make decisions based on those things today. Thank you for what you do in Jesus' name. Amen. As the piano plays, the invitation is open.